Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now, from the lounge. From the lounge at Harrisburg Beer and Cigar. Union Deposit Road next to Big Lots. The area's finest selection of premium cigars and your favorite beer. The lounge. Four guys. Four good friends who love to light up and talk, commiserate, and debate the topics of the day while enjoying a good cigar. So light one up and enjoy one yourself, and let's talk cigars and life. From the Lounge, with your host, Frank Schofield. Okay, we're back, and welcome back to In the Lounge. Let me go around and introduce all the uh, cast of characters. There's Jerry right there to my right to your left. Good uh, day. Hi, I am Gary Lightman. And then there's Bill. I'm Bill Graffius. And then there is certainly the renowned... Frank. Frank. This is a show that's based out of the uh, lounge from Harrisburg Beer and Cigar. That's where these fine young men uh, gather uh, to tell their tales. And so, gentlemen, let us begin. Where should we start? I think we should start today, anyhow, with uh, a little bit about how a premium cigar is really made because if it is a true premium cigar you're looking at a 100 percent 100 solid tobacco product there are no artificial or chemical additives in the manufacturing process uh the uh the premium cigars so wait, some cigars do have additives um yeah they do some cigars are uh, soaked in bourbon and then we have the Infamous Tabac that everybody really loves. They're uh, a little on the sweet side. But, Frank, the, the, those, to be clear for, for the listener, um, all of those cigars um, that you just mentioned, uh, whether it's uh, uh, in the marketplace, is considered an infused cigar. So Tabac is uh, an infused cigar. But all those cigars start as premium cigars uh, and then become... Uh, um, take on characteristics with regards to being infused. Uh, acid cigars made by Drew Estates um, are probably the most renowned uh, infused cigars. I like acid. Um, so, uh, um, but all of them start as premium cigars. Those that do not, per se, and are made of short fillers uh, um, are uh, would be Swisher Sweets uh, and some of the other brands that are on uh, the marketplace. Mm. Um most, if not all, premium cigars that, that we're going to talk about today uh, have long fillers. Correct, long fillers. And once again, a premium cigar is is actually labor-intensive uh, to make. When you look at it, it's, it's got to be a growing process, and then we have a picking process, the drying, the fermentation, and the aging of the leaf. Uh, so therefore, your cigars might take actually – a year before, more than that, a year. More a, than year. a year? More than a so year. So regular good cigar, let's say. That's before they get to the manufacturer. $10, $12 plus is going to be is going to take a year to make. Good. 
Yeah. He could through all the processes. Hmm. You're pointing at me? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just well, trying to move what, what this I conversation What would be on. very interesting as far as uh, uh, a cigar itself, now that we've uh, identified a premium cigar, is something that I was not aware of, um, that uh, the wrapper of a cigar is probably the most critical aspect of a cigar. You hear Connecticut wrappers, you hear Maduro, you hear uh, Sumatra, and what are they? And, and why, why does that make a cigar uh, different? And what, from my uh, experience, uh, the wrapper actually affects 60 to 90% of the flavor, depending on the size of the uh, cigar. One of the things that I would like to share, which I found interesting, was one of the cigars that I enjoyed early in my cigar life was a Monte Cristo cigar. And I was always curious about Monte Cristo because I, the book, you know, the Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, it turns out that back in Cuba, back in the day, the uh, cigar rollers would be sitting in their factories, sheds, whatever, rolling cigars. And it was a very boring job sitting there. So they had what they called lectors. And a lector was a reader. And the reader would read to the cigar rollers, who were called tostaderos. And that's the Spanish word for twist, wow. for rolling. And their, one of their favorite books was The Count of Monte Cristo. Really? And, yeah, absolutely true fact. And they therefore named their brand Monte Cristo over their favorite book. And that's how that came along. Romeo and Julieta, uh, another one from reading Romeo and Juliet to uh, the uh, Tosaderos. And that's how some of those brands came along. That is fascinating. Well, I'm glad to fascinate you. Now, how many rollers would be in a room when they would be read to? Well, sometimes Jerry, who has recently in Cuba several times, has shown me <laughs> pictures as well as other people have of rooms with hundreds of rollers. Jerry, uh, have you been to Cuba? I have been to Cuba. <laughs> but the, More importantly is, on March, March 1st, I'll be back in Cuba. March 1st, I'll be back in Cuba. We'll be back at it. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, so the lector, that's their job, to sit there and read to all the rollers. Hmm. But uh, And while they're doing that, as I said, if Bill would like to add uh, something into the manufacture of the cigar... Well, when you mentioned Tayback, I just wonder what book that came from. Uh, you know, Frank mentioned Tayback as an infused cigar. You know, smoking an infused cigar to me is like drinking foo foo coffee. That you know, the flavoring and that. It's not oh, wait a second. The book there's actually, something. Well, hold on. There, there's something about an acid cigar. No, there's nothing about an acid cigar. It's foo foo. It's it's not a regular cigar. It's infused <laughs> with some kind of. Outside right, influence. Then maybe that's but my no, If you well, like that, then that's that's it, what it you came, like. Those cigars came about when the lector was reading The Shining from Stephen King. So <laughs> That uh, describes the tape, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, what is the percent that's sold that, that are uh, infused and not infused? Like, there's not many infused ones, correct? 
There's only no, like I, don't, I, I think say that would five, probably surprise you. Five percent. Well, it depends on uh, like when Jerry was describing premium cigars. You can walk into Beer and Cigar before you go into Harrisburg Beer and Cigar on Union Deposit Road. Union Deposit Road. When you before you go into the incredible humidor, and either in, the, in an upcoming episode, we're going to take you through a trip through the humidor oh, and some of the amazing things that are in there. Checking your pockets on the way out. But I'll tell in you that. the front, you'll see. Cherry flavored cigars, grape. Yes, yeah, that's uh, not natural. No, that that is uh, that's. A- when I was a youngster, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I was in college. I smoked this bourbon dip cigar, and I think it was. 100% bourbon dip. I was so excited. I got yeah. back to college. I smoked the thing. Well, I you really probably thought, smoked a lot of different things when you were in college. That we were. That's not for this show, but <laughs> with that being said, I thought I caught a buzz or out. The bourbon, is there any truth to that? Like, if you're smoking a bourbon dipped no, cigar? By the time you get a hold of it in a cigar shop to smoke it, the alcohol's dissipated. You're just smoking flavor. Oh, that must have been off my rock. <laughs> well, that being said, you sure you weren't smoking something else before you smoked that? Like I said, that's a different. Uh, okay. Thanks for bringing that up now, though. Now, was that a wet cigar? Or I should say a dry cigar? Short, like a stogie type thing? Uh, no, it was. It, it came in a glass tube. It was one of those bourbon, those yeah. Kentucky and, bourbon and, and, ones. And it looks like uh, yeah. like dripping wax yeah, it's or on the G- outside. Uh, isn't that Jim Beam? I think it might be. Or is be, it yeah. Jack? Dan- what is that? Well, they also do. It's uh, Beam. They also do a Pappy Van Winkle infused cigar. Yeah. But uh, well, let's talk. Can we talk about Pappy a little bit and go to bourbon real quick? Well, right. our expert uh, Jerry Waters. It, Pappy's a bourbon, right? Pappy is a bourbon. Why is Pappy? The most expensive bourbon in the world, and what makes it so great? That's like a, that's like how much is it a bottle? It depends on. on just give me the age. All right, just give me what are the standards. Two hundred dollars. Why? Why? Fifteen year old. Why could a bottle of bourbon cost that much? I mean, the owner of Harrisburg Beer and Cigar, I love the Pappy. Like, why is it worth so much? Like, this what? Is, what is this it? This is America, supply and demand. But with regards to that, Pappy Van Winkle. Um, is a single cast uh, is uh, allocated. Explain cast. Cast is it, it's in one single cast. It's not a blend. That's the barrel. It's okay, held the in? barrel that's held in. Okay, um, it's aged accordingly in that barrel, and then it's bottled. Um, it's allocated once a year, um, and it's allocated uh, all over the United States. Um, having had the privilege and pleasure to uh, taste um, the majority of bourbons that are on the market today and having uh, the pleasure to uh, several times have Pappy Van Winkle. Uh, I can tell you this palate here, which I think I have a very good uh, palate when it comes to spirits, uh, is the best bourbon that I've ever tasted. So what's that? What's the difference between that bourbon and what's a standard bourbon that's sold off the shelf? Beam? Jim Beam? Is that a bourbon or is that a whiskey? Jim Beam's a bourbon. Right. So tell me what the difference is. So if I do a H, shot, H, so if I sip a bourbon of Beam and sip a bourbon of so-and-so, what's the difference? You, you, I think, Will I know, notice a difference? You, right. You will notice a difference. The first difference you'll notice is the color. Uh, Pappy Van Winkle, fifteen. Now let's, I'm I'm talking. So so there, there there's five different Pappy Van Winkles. When I say difference, there there's a Pappy Van Winkle rye, 
There's a Pappy Van Winkle, which is a 10-year-old. There's a Pappy Van Winkle 15, which I think is the best uh, um, to, but, to, to match with a, a, a cigar. And then you have 20 and 23. Uh, uh, and they all range, they, they, you know, they, they, the, the, well, the what's price. What's the difference, though, as I but, taste but, it? But I'm getting to the difference. The difference, well, the difference is, <laughs> <laughs> why are you rushing in such a, you don't rush it. This is a 25-minute yeah, yeah, show. I, I know, I know. But anyway, let me get to the point. The point, as you ask the question, is the first thing you'll notice is your, with your eyes is the color uh, of, of a Jim Beam and, and, and uh, uh, Pappy. The, the second thing you, you'll notice when you look at it, and swirl it around, you will notice characteristics, the construction uh, uh, with regards to, 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 the, to the bourbon itself, and then the taste, Which okay, taste? and how it runs off your tongue. The, 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 the Jim Beam will have just a, a um, generic, uh, um, not, not uh, uh, very long-lasting flavor from, from the top tip of the tongue to, to the back of the throat, uh, does not have a, a typical bourbon burn, and that's why Jim Beam is, is normally mixed. So there's with no coke. burn, no burn. When you drink Pat, when you have Pappy Van Winkle, from from the smell to the taste, the, the smoothness of the bourbon and the construction and the, the chewiness uh, uh, of the bourbon. And how can a liquid be chewy? But it can be. And then how it uh, coats the tongue, goes to the back of the throat, and leaves you with what, what bourbon. Uh, 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 drinkers know or is is that bourbon burn not a, not an acid burn but a smooth burn. Man, it's like lot- the the difference between smoking a Davidoff and one of Frank's Tabacks. You can tell the difference. It's the I way can't. the smoke rolls. You can tell the oh, difference. Oh, I can tell. Good- I, I'm at the point now where I can tell a good cigar from a bad cigar. You and are? I'm a I'm a I'm a rookie. You're still smoking Phillies. What? Huh? Phillies five cent cigars. What? Stop. I'm not hitting. That's Stop. going back. Stop. Stop. So anyway, that's the difference. Uh, uh, but Frank, with you, we'll have to have to, to to have a tasting. All right. So there we learned about bourbons. A little right. a little education on bourbons. What's a good cigar, Jerry, for uh, Pappies? Well, I, I you know for I bourbon still, in general, a, a medium body uh, um, cigar. I mean, it, you you don't have to spend a lot of money. Um, I, I think any cigars that we smoke in the lounge would par, par, pair well with uh, um, a bourbon for Pappy Van Winkle. Personally, I like a Monte Cristo, a Cuban Monte Cristo number two, mm-hmm. or a uh, La Aurora Black Diamond. What's the average um, time spent? Like, there are times in the winter that when I buy cigars, like I'll buy short ones in the winter, and then I'll buy regular long ones in the summer because it's time. That makes you normal. It does. Yes, I call them. I call the short ones short stories, and the other ones are. There actually is a cigar called the short story. It's a very good cigar. Yeah, a short story. So when you when when I go in there, that's what I get in the winter. In the summertime, I get. So normally in the winter time, I, I think the, in in size of a cigar, uh, um, is a robusto is a nice cigar if you want to smoke. If you don't have limited time, a robusto takes about an hour to smoke. That's a lot of the cigar language that uh, you learn over time. When you talk about short or long, you would a cigar smoker would not say that. They would talk about a Churchill, a Corona, a Robusto, a Toro, which happens to be my favorite size. And those are all descriptions of sizes. The other thing, ring gauge. Uh, that, That's, uh, that is very important. 
Well, I think it is. And uh, you can have these huge ring gauge cigars or uh, a uh, uh, very small, like a Lancero, which is another size, which is a very thin cigar uh, that has a small ring gauge. A Toro, which has about a 50 or 52 ring gauge. If it's too big, I don't like it, though. Well, a lot of people uh, don't. In fact, uh, Nick Patel, the uh, uh, dictator of the lounge, uh, talks about Wait, the. Did you Amer- just say dictator? Yeah, that's his title. That it's his official title. Dictator. Yes. You call him a dictator? He, no, we don't. He insists on being called the dictator, but uh, El Capitan. See, si. uh, but uh, the, uh, the the apparently- Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Apparently, there is a legend or uh, some apocryphal story that Americans like a different ring gauge than Europeans like or Cubans like. And uh, so, therefore, cigar manufacturers manufacture to meet the American taste, which I think is a bigger ring gauge, isn't it, Jerry? That is correct. Americans uh, uh, tend to uh, like the bigger ring gauges, the 56, the 58, and um, some in, in even like a 60 ring gauge. Uh Cubans, uh, uh, for instance, uh, uh, Castro, uh, when Fidel Castro, when he was smoking, his, 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 he's now deceased, my good friend, uh, um, smoked a Corona, which which was like a 38 to 42. I think I like Corona size. Right, yeah. Corona, you know, I like a, I like Monte Cristo number two. Uh, a Cuban is a, a 52 ring gauge, and I like the 52. And, Anything larger than that, I really don't care for. And the Churchills are the big long ones, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, speaking of the cigar experience, you mm. do one thing that I've noticed that astounds me. You never smoke a full cigar. It's about halfway, and then you put it down and run out of the lounge. You know, you should really devote a full amount of time to a cigar, 45 to maybe an hour and a half, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, and enjoy the whole thing, not just drop it and run off. Well, I'm a busy man, and plus I have ADD. <laughs> well, isn't it true that as you smoke a cigar, the flavors will change? You'll get different tones the further you move down. In I the noticed cigar. the moisture changes. Like when you when you light a cigar, like in the middle, you can tell it becomes softer and softer. As is ADD the actual demonstrated dumbness that you have actually? We're very clear on that. Look, I I tried to get some Adderall. I don't know what's wrong. I just don't know. Well, I, I don't know why you're bringing it up now. I, I don't know if a cigar gets. What did you say? Softer? Yeah, it gets it gets mushier. Like the more you smoke it's it, and it's because you drool on yeah, it. That might be because it of does s- get softer. Spit going in. Come on, you guys certainly you know should, that. You should really check the cigar before you light it up to see it. It has a solid consistency all the way through. Not too firm. No. Wait a second. A, a cigar does get softer as you smoke it through. Come on, you guys know that. I, I don't believe that to be true. No. 
Are you sure you didn't have any bourbon before you started? Uh, well, we could get back to Phillies and White Owl, but you know, really, at one time they were uh, premium cigars, and cigars do change flavors the more they go in. And speaking of that, I would like to get to the topic that I thought would have was. And don't forget, we have burning smoke coming uh, up in about blow, five blow, minutes. Blowing smoke, blowing. Going back to blowing, what burning, I feel same was thing. A rather big eye opener to me was wrappers. I always used to think early in my cigar days, that the lighter color was the milder. And the darker a cigar got, the more bitter, the more heavy. Complex. Yeah, well, no, that, that really isn't true. Uh, Jerry had educated me to the fact that in, in a good cigar, you're looking at five different kinds of tobacco that are blended to make that cigar. The lighter the cigar. No, that the, 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 the color of the outside of the cigar is one thing, is the band. Uh, the wrapper, sorry, the wrapper. And a Connecticut wrapper is the lightest wrapper that you can have on a cigar. But then they have Connecticut uh, shade-grown wrappers that are, believe it or not, grown in Connecticut. Uh, although there's, uh, I think Frank had found huh. out that... Uh, that uh, Massachusetts and uh, Vermont lower, also lower lower part of Vermont. Look, and, and so uh, they produce a wrapper that's mild. Uh, you'll see Monte Cristos most often wrapped in Connecticut wrappers, um, but you have Sumatra, you have Corojo, and Maduro, which I found was the, very interesting. Maduro is not a kind of tobacco at all. It's not a it's not a tobacco. Uh, pro, uh, name it deals with the fermentation that if you uh, which I again I learned that tobacco leaves are fermented and uh, they uh, as a result of the fermentation the color of the wrapper is affected and a Maduro is fermented longer than a, a Connecticut wrapper okay I want to get to two more topics here and then uh, unless you guys have can I just can sure I say one thing on that for the audience. So a cigar construction is the wrapper, the binder, and the filler. Uh, 60 to 90% of the taste comes from the wrapper. The really? The, yeah. Yes. The binder, the binder it is... It comes a, from the wrapper, from not the, wrapper. the tobacco? No. The, the, binder, the binder is extremely important because that controls the custom... The, the, uh, uh, cust, uh, cust, cust, I can't pronounce the word... Um, the being able to smoke, uh, uh, um, and then uh, uh, the the filler is made up of uh, no no less than five different tobacco leaves. Mm. Uh, normally, Lajero, Seco, and Velado. If you take a cigar and cut off, let's say an inch uh, of the uh, wrapper, you will have literally no taste in that cigar and i don't care how much you paid for it the taste will be uh no kidding absolutely true uh so it's that last inch that gives you all your flavor yeah as a matter of fact I've, that's I've heard, near the tip where you cut well not not the, not the last inch it's the wrapper itself around the in, entire cigar right but i'm giving you a test that you can huh. do at home where you cut off uh just a little of the wrapper the first inch of the cigar and it will taste like Basically nothing. The smaller the cigar, the thinner the cigar, like a Lancero. Yeah. Uh, since there's not a whole lot of filler, it's a very thin cigar. What you're smoking mostly is wrapper. the wrapper, and a Lancero has an intense taste, 
because you're smoking the wrapper. And uh, oh, I that's didn't know what, that. Well, that's that's why I'm. My, that's, that's why that's what the show's mission. all about. My Frank, mission, Frank. Again, the filler, the filler uh, controls the strength and the burn of the that's cigar. The binder, great. the binder controls the the, uh, uh, um, the smoke and how how the cigar will smoke right. and stay constructed. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I want to go around the room. I want to ask each of you individually. It's springtime. You're on your deck. You're going to smoke a cigar. What's your wine of choice? And I don't mean brand name. I mean kind of wine. And we'll start with you, Jerry. Uh, Zinfandel. Is, it, is, it, is that a red or white? Red. It's a red. That's a red? It's a heavy red. Yeah. Uh, Gary? Well, as you probably are aware, wine is my hobby. And although I agree with Jerry that sitting out on the deck with a fine cigar, you would probably want to go with a deeper red. But I happen to be a, a huge fan of Pinot Noirs. And uh, if I would have my go-to cigar, I'd probably have hmm. my, my go-to varietal. I thought somebody varietal. would say Cab. I would say probably uh, Pinot Grigio with a uh, – of course, I'm stuck on uh, – A green, a white? Yeah, Pinot Grigio. And I like uh, – With a mild cigar? I would like an Oscar Leaf. You like the Oscar leaves because that, that, they have the double wrap, right? Well, it, it's a novelty because right. the, the the outside wrapping is not glass or cello. Right. It's another tobacco You leaf. like unrolling those. Yeah, it's not that I – but it really, no, keeps, it, it really humidifies. It keeps the humidity in the cigar mm. quite well. Um, I guess I'm going to go with a, a light wine, maybe a, a, a dessert family. wine. <laughs> not quite that light. No. Uh, a mad dog. <laughs> 2020. I like, I like a Ripple. wine called La Rosa. I think Ripple would go so with one your of brand? your So I mean, what was your kind? La Rosa. Yeah. That Wait, was... Is that a red or a white? It's, it's, a, it's a red, but it's more pinkish than red. It's, it's actually a, a dessert wine. A dessert wine. Hmm. A rosé? Yeah, it goes well yes. with a Tabac. A rosé for those wine listeners. It's a rosé. I think we learned a lot here today. I think yeah. I think this show bared a lot of fruit, as they say. And now this is our Hallmark signature segment that we call... Blowing Smoke. Blowing and Smoke. And I do want to tell you... Go ahead. You can take over from now. the person who will be blowing the first smoke like is Bill Graffius. And this morning, when we were preparing for our show, which we are strong believers I in love, preparation. I love how you guys are dialed in. I love it. But uh, so Bill said that he has a topic. And when we all said, Bill, we don't want to look like idiots on the radio, so tell us what your topic is. And, and he you, said, no, no way. I I'm not it. going Good to tell job, you. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, but I just want to clarify one thing. A rosé with a tayback sitting on your deck in the summer? <laughs> I never smoke. Drinking tea bags at home. Not only that, he doesn't actually have a home. So. <laughs> yeah, remember he 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 lives in a small apartment with a bed, and his Christmas tree is still up. And then it's like a little kitchen. It's like a little efficiency. All right, all right. I'm going to inject just a little bit of politics into blowing smoke today. Blowing smoke. Here we go. We need blowing smoke. Do the bell. There you go. Blowing go smoke. Here we go. Oh, for God's sakes. Well, blowing smoke. going to throw it out here for comments. Um, you know, over the last couple of years and maybe the last few months specifically, we've uh, been inundated in the news with concerns about the Pennsylvania budget. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough revenue. We're spending too much money or whatever. And, you know, that's kind of a systemic thing when you think about it in politics in general. Uh, when you don't have enough money, I think the average person and even businesses will generate revenue two ways. You make money by saving money, which is really not within the forte of politics. They don't really 
save money. They're not really good at that. The other way that we make up budget shortfalls is to earn it. Well, from a political perspective, earning money is either increasing taxes or fees. The gas tax increased a couple months ago. What was that all about? It's only supposed to go up a few cents, but it went up 30 and 40 cents. Right. But the same thing applies also to tobacco products when you think about it. Over the last couple of years, especially in Pennsylvania, there has been a concerted effort to raise the taxes on tobacco products, snuff, chew, cigarettes, pipe tobacco. But there has been one tobacco product that has not been taxed. You know what that is? Cigars. Cigars. And why not? Why not? Now, I am not an advocate for taxing cigars because I don't want to pay more money for my cigars. It really would have a very negative effect on local uh, brick-and-mortar cigar shops as opposed to the big catalog places. You know how the economy is yeah. scale to buy and sell at a lot cheaper rate. But when you get right down to it, the taxes are raised for two purposes, two ostensible purposes from the political perspective. One is to save us from ourselves. You don't need to be smoking Tobacco, it's not good for you. But in reality, it's used as a revenue generator. So what happens in Pennsylvania if we do end up raising taxes on cigars? Well, you have to take a little bit of look, a little look at the history of cigars and tobacco in Pennsylvania. Uh, back in the early 1800s, when the corn crop, especially in Lancaster County, went south, they needed another product, so they planted tobacco, and it's really taken off since then. Lancaster County, uh, the Lancaster Broadleaf, I believe it is, is one of the finest tobaccos used in premium cigars around the world. Now, that being said, if they raise the taxes on cigars— it's not only going to cost money locally in Pennsylvania, but the spillover effect nationally into cigar rollers. It's going to cost more money. Now, tobacco, the tobacco industry in Pennsylvania in 2015, the last date that statistics were available, there was over $35 million of product value, cigars alone. $35.5 million. That exceeds apple production, grape production, tomato production. A lot of the agriculture costs... Or, or product value is a lot less than tobacco. Not only that, you're going to displace probably over a thousand jobs in Pennsylvania. Now, there are two states that really do not have tax on cigars, Pennsylvania and Florida. The cigar industry in Pennsylvania said, go ahead and pass the tax. We're moving if you do that. Well, also their answer was to send 30 plus lobbyists to Harrisburg to lobby against the, uh, the tobacco tax increase, and they won. Therefore, we have no cigar tax. Hmm. Right now, it's going to be on the table every year. If it's a Republican or a Democrat, it doesn't really matter. It's on the table. So we need to get over that. And I'm not advocating an increase in tobacco taxes, not in the slightest. But there has to be a modicum of realism here because of the loss to the, to the economy in Pennsylvania. I don't want to pay more. But what is going to cost this Commonwealth more? Minimal revenue generated from a tobacco tax on cigars versus the loss of the, the economic base of losing the tobacco industry. I'm throwing that out for comment. That was strong. I don't even know if anybody could uh, respond uh, well, to that or well, comment. I'm, I'm going to respond to it. But first of all, I want to say... Uh, uh, for that was those, very well but, thought out and constructed and said, Mr. Bill. That was awesome. For those listeners, uh, uh, Bill, that's a great bow tie that you're wearing today. Um, <laughs> and and with that said, I, I'm 100%, 100% against any type of tax on a premium tobacco product. As a cigar, I think that there are um, clear distinctions between uh, a premium cigar and uh, 
other tobacco products that well, like are a pretty cigarette? much a cigarette, What's a, a, a chew. First of all, th- those are, are, are manufactured, uh, chemically infused, and um, provide, uh, and it's been proven, uh, the ability to be addicting uh, to the, the user. A premium cigar, uh, as well as uh, cancer uh, effects. A premium cigar, to my knowledge, uh, individuals have smoked cigars uh, into their 80s and 90s. Uh, um, and uh, um, to my knowledge, cigar smoking in general is not addicting. Well, you know, interesting, Gary, there is one state, I think it's up in New England, that taxes cigars, but only premium cigars. Just very briefly, after hearing that question, I think Bill's bow tie is a little too tight. But I'll say very quickly, I know our government pays people to not grow things. I don't see anything wrong with sponsoring, by not having tax, a wonderful product here in Pennsylvania. Gentlemen, I thank you for episode number three of From the Lounge. Bill, that was great. That could have been your finest moment. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next week. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.